When we are experiencing emotions, so much of what we actually experience is not conscious. It is not available to us within ourselves to be able to understand where it comes from. We can make a hypothesis. Someone says something mean to me. I get upset. I get angry. I retaliate. But I can only see a certain percentage of really why I was so triggered to feel as upset as I was. There's always so much beneath the surface in the subconscious realm and the unconscious realm that motivates our desires and our emotions. Hi everyone and welcome to Superwoman Wellness. I'm Dr. Taz. I've made it my mission throughout my career in integrative medicine to support women in restoring their health using a blend of Eastern medical wisdom with modern science. In this show, I will guide you through different practices to find your power type and fully embody the healthiest and most passionate version of you. I'm here for you and I can't wait to get started. This is a Soul Fire production. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Superwoman Wellness, where we're determined to bring you back to your superpowered self. I am so excited about this topic. It's an area that I feel like I'm just starting to understand, just kind of getting my hands into. But joining us today is Dana Lord Lewis, who is an energetics expert and founder of Energy Think, which is a wisdom and science-based modality that guides individuals to experience their infinite potential to fulfillment through true self-expression. Not an easy thing to do. A leading voice in applied energetics, Dana draws on her studies across human energetics, cognitive science, classical and quantum physics, we're going to go deep here, spiritual teachings, and laws to navigate the seas of collective wisdom and be a channel for truth. Dana's vision is for each of her students to unlock their full potential for fulfillment in life by learning to control their energy patterns and connect more deeply to their own power. We're going to talk about energy think in just a minute too, but Dana, I wanted to welcome you to the show. Thank you for joining me. I love this topic. I feel like there's a whole plane, there's a whole circuitry that I'm just starting to put my hands on. I was sort of introduced to it through Chinese medicine, right? It's a very energetic system of medicine. But how did you get involved in the world of energetics and how would you best break it down for somebody out there who's like, what are they, what are they talking about? I got involved because I needed some help, some guidance myself, and the normal sort of conventional channels hadn't worked. And as soon as I was introduced to looking at it through the lens of energetics, I understood exactly what I had been doing and was able to see it completely differently. So that put me into this whole tailspin of, okay, I need to understand this more. And I'm a lawyer by trade, so I I really like going deep. Yeah. That's what got me into it. But um, what is energetics is always the question, right? Because people ask, what is energy? But yet people also hear, uh, you know, aphorisms like energy is everything. And that's true. Obviously, energy is everything. We understand that from a physics perspective, Mm -hmm. but it's more about how you look at it, what the lens through which you look at it is. How do you want to understand energy? And Energy Think, my company, looks at it in a, in a way that's called applied energetics, which is to understand that this underpinning, this reality that underpins what we understand to be reality is actually uh, extremely important for understanding how to make what you want happen in life. Hmm. It's almost as if We understand what thought is to behavior. You do a behavior after having a thought. Well, that same relationship applies to what thought is. So energy is to thought as thought is to behavior. You have your thoughts 
as a result of experiencing energy, if that makes sense. And applied energetics looks at it through the lens of how can understanding this underpinning of reality apply to my life and make me happier? It's very simple. Okay, so let's get the, so hopefully everybody's following energy, thought, action, belief, it's kind of all connected together, right? One influences the other. How would you pin it down more? Give us an example maybe of, you know, we get the thought versus thought leads to action leads to behavior, right? Like I need to be healthy. Let me make sure I go outside and walk for 30 minutes today. Or, you know, I want, you know, to be more positive in my day. So let me go ahead and start my day with morning meditation or mindfulness. So that's, that to me is an example of, okay, I've got a thought. There's the action that goes with that thought. Give us that same example when you're talking energy and then thought. Help us with that. Can you give us an example of that? It is part of a wider discussion. But essentially, when we experience emotions, we are experiencing the human experience of energy. Mm. That is the result of a human energetic system taking in energy, and that is how we experience it. So when we experience I'm going to say energy, just stick with me for a second because okay. it's emotion, it wouldn't quite be accurate. So when we experience energy, it comes into our system and is processed via an interface. And that interface is our mind Okay. And, and energy is not of this world. As much as we can understand it in terms of classical physics, we can kind of get a grasp around quantum physics right now, but classical physics, we understand very well. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that it is of this world and neither is consciousness. So that comes into this physical realm via our, our interface, our mind. And, um, our mind has been conditioned over many uh, you know, millennium and, and years of being human, but also ancestral patterning and just the way that we are socialized. It's, there's a lot of conditioning to the way our mind works. Uh-huh. And so when we experience energy, our minds and our brains, which is the more physical um, interface, have a certain pattern. They have a a reflexive reaction to certain kinds of energy. And then the brain and the mind go into processing that energy. And that is what you experience. You experience it as a thought, you experience it as an emotion, and then eventually you do it as a behavior. Some people experience the behavior before they understand their thought. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's extremely reflective, but reflexive, but that's what's happening. So can we control this energetic experience? Is there any control that we have over it? I mean, you oh talk- my gosh, I love that question. Yeah. You, you talked about emotion being the experience of energy. And I was just thinking of grief and joy and sadness and happiness and all these things that we describe, like being in love, all this other stuff. Those are emotional experiences. How much can we really control what's coming in? Um, That's an amazing question. And I am going to, I'm not going to speak to grief right now because that's a different category. But when you, when we are experiencing emotions, so much of what we actually experience is not conscious. It is not available to us within ourselves to be able to understand where it comes from. We can make a hypothesis. Someone says something mean to me. I get upset. I get angry. I retaliate. Someone asks me why I did that. I say why I did it, but I can only see 
a certain percentage of really why I was so triggered to feel as upset as I was. And there was so much, there's always so much beneath the surface mm-hmm. in the subconscious realm and the unconscious realm that motivates our desires and our emotions. And as Carl Jung put it, and Carl Jung is kind of like the father of modern day psychoanalysis. He, he says it so beautifully. He says, until you make the unconscious conscious, it will direct your life and you will call it fate because we have no access to it. And neuroscientists put brain power at 95% taking place in the subconscious. So oh people know they're doing wait, things. Wait, stop, hang on, say the quote again. I don't want to lose. I almost want to write it down. I'll go back and listen to it again. Until we call the... Un- Until we make the unconscious conscious. Okay. It will direct your life and you will call it fate. Okay. Got it. That is, that's gold. We could, we're done. (laughs) Okay. Keep going. Keep going. Uh, Continue with what you were saying. Yeah. So essentially the idea of rewiring energetics is changing what your brain does unconsciously with energy. And how do we do that? Because when, okay, let's think about the unconscious for just a second. And I've seen this over and over again with patients and I've definitely seen it myself. And I've definitely seen it within our family and our extended family as well. Unconscious things that we do, you know, I was raised in a, I don't want to call it traumatic because I know people experience a lot more trauma than what I experienced, but I was raised in a disruptive and kind of dysfunctional household, right? And in that dysfunction, you know, it was normal to yell and it was normal to scream and it was normal to express yourself that way. There was a lot of drama, right? Like, you know, and it has taken a lot of work for me to when I'm getting, and I don't get triggered very often. I'm actually a pretty happy person most of the time, but when I do get triggered and when I do get deeply, deeply hurt and upset, like those, those things come right back out. Like I want to yell, I want to scream. I'm, I want to raise my voice. And it's very jarring to the other people on, on the other side of that. So that's an unconscious pattern that I feel like I can't control, but I think is so deeply embedded mm-hmm. in the way I was raised, you know? So is that some of what you're referring to there? So I have that awareness because I've had the gift of years and experience and time, but so many people don't even have that level of awareness. So how can they start to understand what their unconscious is doing and how do they even begin the journey of rewiring? Where do you start? Yeah, exactly. Right. And it doesn't have to be so, um, you know, it's not, it's not energetics. The beauty of it is that it's actually not psychoanalytical. So we can go, you know, you can go to a therapist and you can talk about these, these things that happened in your childhood and you can, you can get, you can go there. And, and sometimes in, you know, a a few instances that's, that's important and that has to happen. Yeah. But energetics is, is actually about the way I understand it is we are all here and we are all spiritual beings. There is, we are larger than just the human identity that we all understand we have. We came from somewhere. We're going to go back to that place. It's not like anyone understands it. It's not a, it's not a heaven that looks like clouds. It's not a, we have no idea what it is, but it is, it has to be. And so there is a, a factor of, of the soul 
there's a factor of the journey that we're on that we're meant to understand here. And because time happens in a very different way outside of this world, I understand that a part of us actually knows what we're going to experience here and, and, what, and why we're here. And so life is about walking that journey. It's about walking the journey to experience what your soul wants to experience. And you can do it with your head in the dark, with your head in the sand rather, and you're in the dark and you don't really know what's going on. You're kind of haphazardly learning the hard way. Or you can have more of a, a meta perspective on it and bring it to the light of awareness and start looking at yourself and saying, okay, wow, I just, I just did that. I just, that just, that just really got to me. And, and, and once you start to, once you start to create that skill set within yourself, it becomes much easier, but it, but for someone who is just starting out and who's interested in energy. And it's just like, I, I really, there's something about this that grabs me. That's a bit more um, relatable than that. The whole emotional psycho perspective mm -hmm. energy is actually very quantifiable. Mm -hmm. so if we look at energy in terms of the way physicists understand energy from a classical physics perspective, I'm not talking quantum right now. Yep. I'm just talking classics. You'll see that Anytime you're looking at anything, whether it's alive or whether it's uh, something that's been created by humans, like a, a light bulb, for example, it's an energetic system. To turn a light bulb on, you have to have a circuit where there's energy coming in and there's inevitably going to be energy spent. If you look at a flower or a tree, there's energy coming in. It is, there's something done with that energy. It is spent, et cetera. And everything's a system, including humans. Yep. So the question is, what does your energy profile look like? What does your, what do your patterns of expenditure look like? Where are you intaking your energy? How are you spending it? How are you losing it? How is it getting stolen from you? And starting to realize, okay, I can control certain things. Should I go on or do you have a question? Yes. No, no, no. I want you to keep going. I'm grabbing every word here. So yeah, keep, keep how, so keep going. Well, you can, there, there are two, there are two kind of categories of sources, resources of yep. energy, I would say. One is I call horizontal. So that is you are interacting with this world. You you win a medal, you feel great. Yep. You see a friend, they give you a compliment, you feel good. And positive energy, sorry, positive emotion is um, the experience of an intake of energy, coherent okay. energy. Okay. So people often try to get their energy from other people, mm -hmm. their social lives and their accomplishments and that kind of thing. And that's one of the big issues in society, why there is so much depression and, and issues around that kind of thing, because everyone's kind of clamoring for energy in ways they're really not aware of. And mm -hmm. they think is actually beneficial in the net is actually um, depletive. Wow. That's the, whole, that's the whole thing. And then the other resource of energy is, is vertical. And that comes from a relationship with your, yourself, your soul, what I was talking about before, knowing your truth right. and, and driving energy from your life force, which is a thing. Like you can't, you can't deny that nobody really understands what that life force is, what it is that powers our cells, that powers the quantum kind of universe that makes up our bodies, but it's not something we made. So how do you connect with that? How do you connect vertically? Most people don't have that kind of spiritual, whatever you want to call it, spiritual um, connection, but that needs to be cultivated. And that's about amplification. So it's kind of a combination of conservation of your energy in the horizontal realm with your world. How do you interact with your friends and family and loved ones? How are you cycling your energy there? And again, where are you leaking it? And what is your vertical 
intake. Got it. Okay. So I want to break that down even more. So we've got this horizontal energy field and a vertical energy field. What in your experience with your company, have you guys seen, I'm assuming you get clients, have you guys seen as the biggest leakers in that horizontal world or AKA energy drains? What are the most three most common energy drains that you see over and over again that somebody out there listening or watching might be like, yeah, that's me. Mm -hmm. Great question. So uh, just as a background, every energetic leak comes from some kind of fear-based belief or fear-based thought. Okay. So it's always fear that causes a leak Mm. and the fears are usually, I mean, they're always very profound, right? We as humans have very profound fear around death. We have profound fear around loss. We have profound fear around being alone, abandoned, those kinds of things. And then they come out in different ways. And we usually, you know, understand them in terms of what we've experienced as a child. You know, my parent wasn't there for me. I felt abandoned or, you know, I had that horrible breakup and now I'm afraid of getting hurt again. You know, those kinds of things, whatever we understand them as we've got fear. And so the leaks come out in ways to protect ourselves from those fears. So if I'm afraid of being alone, maybe I, I overgive in my relationships, in my romantic relationships. Maybe I put more effort in. I'm always the one coming up with the restaurant reservation. I'm always the one, you know, talking about the conflict resolution, trying to go deeper or whatever. I'm always the one putting myself out there and the other person doesn't reciprocate or whatever, or maybe I, you know, put in more effort with friends mm-hmm. is a really big one. Um, obviously shutting down is a really big one as a protective um, mechanism, because that's actually disallowing energy in, hmm. um, so those ones are, it, it always, they always come out in relationships. Interesting. Overgiving, shutting down. Is there one more? Another one might be in, in one's career. Um, if there's a lot of issues held around success that are not conscious, someone, this is what this is such a beautiful, uh, simplistic equation. Cause you say, okay, manifestation is completely derived from your thoughts but it's, it's not just your thoughts, it's your mental energy. So it's your conscious thoughts. I want that promotion. I want to make a million dollars, but then you have to plus sign with what your unconscious is holding. And if your unconscious is holding, Oh, I don't want to be too successful because I don't want to emasculate my father, or I don't want to be too successful because I don't want to lose all my friendships, Mm. guilty or whatever it is. You've got this massive block. So you're not getting there. Those are three very good examples. Yeah. Excellent examples. Um, let's go to the vertical, uh, really getting to know your soul, getting to know your own personal truth, walking. I call it walking in your power. How do you get there? What, what are some techniques to kind of get there? Cause it's very easy to get distracted by everything that's happening around us. Yeah. The funny thing about the vertical resource, yeah. is it is, it has nothing to do. How do I phrase this? It has nothing to do with the active mind. So it's not about, okay, let's have a lesson on how to connect. It's right. Not about, let's do this meditation properly or this breathing exercise properly or whatever. It's not that. However, it's inextricably linked to the participation of the mind because you have to quell the mind. You have to ask the mind not to participate. Hmm. Um, you have to, you have to stop the mind from interfering and mitigating the connection because the mind wants to tell you that there is nothing bigger than you. Your identity is 
paramount. You are, you, you created yourself. Right. <laughs> Your parents created you, humans created each other and I, right? So, but then the ego, um, that is the, that is the protective mechanism of the ego. So you have to, one has to continuously, I have to continuously work to allow for that connection to the, to the greater power, to the greater creative energy without, um, letting that, that the little voice interfere to say, oh, it's not really there because Mm. that voice is false. Gotcha. Okay. Are there things that can facilitate that? connection in our daily lives and reverse question things that damage or disrupt that connection in our lives or is there a you know is there is there something that we can understand that we might be doing or setting ourselves up for to not be internally connected when people hear soul and spirit and creator and higher power they're thinking i gotta go to church I gotta go hit the mosque. I gotta fast. I've gotta observe Len. I've gotta go. You know, they're thinking that. That's not what I think you're saying. So, can you help us with that? Uh, it's a good observation. I'm I'm not advocating for any organized religion. However, I think if you connect through those, then that is magic, and that's amazing because um, you know, there's a lot of uh, form. There's a lot of conforming that is. Mm-hmm that's part and parcel of those, which some people are fine with and some people really struggle with. Mm -hmm. So um, no, that aside, uh, what I find is that, I don't know if you're familiar with the, uh, the term, the nuns, are you familiar with the nuns? No. The nuns spelled N-O-N-E-S is the largest, is now the largest percentage group um, in North America, uh, is the, is the biggest religious group. And it is defined as not having an, an official organized religious affiliate is, it has now surpassed Catholicism. The last time I checked, really? it was 20%. Really? Yeah. Wow. How come I don't know about this? I've checked them out. It's fascinating. I know. I don't know about this. I'm in, I'm in the Bible. Ding, ding, ding. So no, go ahead though. Tell me more. I'm going to look this up. Tell me more about it. Yeah, the nuns and they're, they, they tend to skew younger. Okay. It's such a reflection, right? It's such a reflection on people having more exposure to more truths, more, more diversity of perspective and understanding that humanity is not just one way. And there is no, there's no real understanding. There's no, there's no understanding of what created us that can be captured within our minds. Our minds are a, a, a tiny fraction of what's out there in terms of intelligence. So the nuns are looking for a way to understand the connection to the greater creative energy as well. And um, ultimately what I suggest for people is just start with understanding energy because your mind is not going to push away energy because your mind can't say that energy doesn't exist because a scientist told you that it does. Right. So it helps to open the door. And then when you start to do, you know, various practices where you do allow yourself to calm and you allow yourself to relax and connect to that, literally just how does it feel for you to be alive? There are some real visceral practices you can do too, but just the con, just the idea, just the understanding that energy, um, energy is more than just uh, this material world. It's actually a, a very intelligent force. Then we do have the ability to rewire our energetics, even though there may be ancestral patterns or childhood patterns or 
soul stuff like how like what have you seen with rewiring your energetics what what has been sort of your your experience there well i i love that you um mentioned ancestral patterns yeah really what we're all dealing with and the next uh my next chapter i've run seminars and my next chapter uh, in the seminars is going to be specifically about uh, how ancestral patterns are reflected in energetic fields which are mm. a different concept but i won't go into that just yet but energetic pat um ancestral patterns are exactly what we're after trying to shake and um, people don't realize the different socio, uh, socio-anthropological factors that have gone into creating what we think is normal in our heads. Mm. It's normal, it's just basic things, just basic things um, to, that are embedded in our, our vocabulary, in our um, worldly kind of understandings. Um, we, we don't really have the capacity always to question them, but when you, when you sit down and you say, I want something to happen in my life. I've thought about it day in and day out for five years and it hasn't happened. Obviously I have a block here because I know that my mind directs energy and energy is the genesis for manifestation. So how can I get into my subconscious to the extent that I have to, to release the block that's preventing me from finding love or from being prosperous financially? And it's, it's just a little bit of concentrated effort in progressing you to that next level. So simply asking the question and having the understanding. No, no, no. You should have somebody, I I suggest that people look around because once you open to this and once you start saying, okay, I'm going to find something that helps me find people like me, it doesn't have to be this particular vibe. You know, you'll resonate with who, who takes you there, but someone to open you to yourself, someone to bring your subconscious to awareness, someone to help you walk in the light of awareness. Because once you bring what has been hidden in your subconscious into the light of, of consciousness, once you, you know, let's just say it's through a journaling exercise. Let's say you're trying to figure out why you can't find love. You get asked a few prompt questions. You join a seminar. This person sheds light on it in a way you'd never thought before. You suddenly feel comfortable to let this part of yourself out. You write it down, you share it with the group. That's transformation. That is not complicated stuff. That's not brain, you know, it's not brain science for you to have to do that. You just have to put a little bit of effort in with, with some smart, intentional guidance. And then once that is out there and once you've brought it to the light of awareness, then all these other meta emotions like shame, anger, guilt around the actual fear that's held dissolve completely. Once wow. it's brought up into the light of awareness and you've shared it with someone else and someone else says, congratulations. That's amazing yeah. for you. You've just up-leveled yourself. It's not, it's not that hard, but it also requires your full participation. I love this so much. You know, in 2017, I was just starting to understand this, but I was understanding it as a scientist, right? More as a doctor, I would say. And I understood it from looking at our family history where, and so I did a Ted talk and it talked about um, how our, and I didn't call it energy. I called it emotions, but I probably was talking about energy, but how it's stored generation after generation in our mitochondrial DNA. And the argument I was making 
was mitochondrial DNA, which is maternal DNA, gets transferred down through the generations and isn't really tampered with. It's not really changed no matter who you marry, where you go, what you do, all that other stuff. It's pretty intact. And what they're finding in research, and I'm sure the research has evolved over the last five years, but what they're finding is that mitochondrial DNA is where emotion and memory and certain thoughts are stored. So my argument in my TED talk was that we very much mimic and repeat the patterns of our maternal ancestors. And the reason I got there, which is, it seems very random, is really just looking at us. So I had, we have all these amazing women on my side of the family, but there's always a block, you know, that prevents them from obtaining their highest potential. And so with my mother, like with my grandmother, it was because, you know, she's in a, a very, you know, misogynist, you know, she was in a Muslim family. They were held back. That's the reason she couldn't express her fullest potential arranged marriage with my mom. It was like, oh, she's an immigrant. That's why like she had to come here. Also had an arranged marriage, but broke free of all of that. Right. And is a very strong, independent, fierce woman. And then there's me. And well, my excuse is because I was raised in this dysfunction and like, you know, there's all this insecurity because of that and not feeling hundred percent confident, all that other stuff. And here comes my daughter and there's no excuse. I mean, best dad, best life, mom that loves her, millions of relatives everywhere, great neighborhood. I mean, no physical excuse you can put your, you put your finger on, but it's the same look in her eyes that was in mine, probably still is, is in my mother's. And I look at my grandmother and great grandmother's pictures. It's in their eyes. So that arc is where I was like, holy shit, this stuff is inherited and it's our job to change it. So then where my brain went next was like, if I'm seeing this here, then what does that say for the bigger issues in society? What does that say for racism, bigotry, poverty? Like, what, what does that mean? Like, does that mean it's like, we're carrying these burdens all the way through. And it is sort of our, my argument at the end of it was it's our responsibility to change it, you know, but that's where it stopped. It's not a whole lot of tools. Right. right. So it, Absolutely. You know, I love that. That's, that's such a wonderful framing. I know, but with energy thing, tell us what you guys do. Someone comes to you and they're interested and they're trying to, you know, wrap their hands around this. Like, tell us what you do. Well, it's, it's comprehensive. I mean, we have, um, Ultimately, now I am working with people. I do one-on-ones, obviously. That's one aspect. And then another aspect when, we, when it's more collective, which I recommend people join because the collective factor is a huge component. Yeah. These are essentially webinars, uh, sequences of them to walk people through getting to this next place and they're targeted. Mm -hmm. um, I have an introductory course that explains energy so that people have a background, a 101 to understand the horizontal relationships because mm -hmm. that's kind of the most um, information-based that you kind of have as a, as, a, as, a, as a foundation. And then the internal work that you do during these courses is what gets you to that next level. And it's, it's too much to explain in this. Yeah. Um, but it's, but that is what it is. It's trying to extract what is blocking you from your subconscious and getting it in alignment with your conscious mm. ultimately. And there's a lot that goes into that because there's a lot that's blocking it. So we have to walk through those things that block it, belief systems, ideas about how the world is when it's not really that way. It's just how you've been conditioned, et cetera. But what you talked about there is just so magic and so genius 
And I'm wondering if you've ever come across uh, the field of morphic resonance or epigenetics. Epigenetics, which is, for sure, yeah. That being the idea that these kinds of things can really shift. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that's what we argue. Yeah, in my field of medicine, that's what we argue, right? Like genetics are one thing, but it is within our power to change that and to shift that for sure. So. Absolutely. And, and a part of a larger discussion, which is more technical and probably not for right now, but these energetic fields, both individual and collective are the things that we, as, as these individual beings are part of, and the field is the ancestry. So your experience with your mom and your grandmother and your child, it's exactly the same as mine, different, different experience, Mm -hmm. but mine has more to do with relationships with men, but Mm -hmm. I'm seeing things in my daughter that remind me of me, my mother and my grandmother. And I'm thinking, Mm -hmm. okay, let's just just observe this one. Yeah. Right. It's amazing. It's so fast. I mean, I could talk to you about this. For hours, I will end on the note that bringing awareness to the patterns allows you to shift them because I have shifted my patterns. And after I shifted my patterns, I started to look at my daughter differently because at first I was projecting upon her. So it does shift. I love that. I think that's such encouragement. And I, you know, just from what I've seen personally within our family and even what I've seen with patients this stuff is important. And it's that field of what I tell patients, it's this place I can't touch. I can't, I feel like I'm not super gifted in it, but these are the people and the places that you need to go to, to really understand this more. Cause it's very much the why behind why certain people can enter a journey and the journey stops, or you enter a journey and the journey progresses. And that's any journey. It's a health journey, a relationship journey, an emotional journey, a parent journey. It's any, any journey. And so I've always told my patients, like, this is an area that I know is missing in your life, but these are the resources for you. So we're going to add you to that list too. So you can help move everyone forward for sure. But this is amazing. The growing area, it needs to grow more. People are comfortable with it in ways they're not comfortable with normal therapy sometimes. So yeah, I actually feel like what I've seen from the field of energy work and energetics not to knock therapy, I think therapy is very important, is actually more lasting and more profound than therapy, which I think has an endpoint somewhere. So that's sort of just what my personal observation has been. But I mean, again, I could talk to you about this all day long. I am so grateful that you joined this show and we'll definitely share it. Is there anywhere you want to point the folks that are watching and listening today? Is there anywhere that you would say, hey, come over here and and see kind of what's going on? Absolutely. Check out energythink.com or energy underscore think at Instagram and sign up for the newsletter and I will let you know when my next program is out. Wonderful. Yes, definitely. Thank you so much. And for everybody watching and listening to this episode of Superwoman Wellness, I hope you're going to think a little bit more about energy. Remember to rate and review it and share it with your friends. And I will see you guys next time. 